I'm trying to ride the wave, as my mug says, for the people watching on YouTube. Um, but they make it extremely difficult um, at the end of all these games. For example, Julio and I are live watching um, the Wednesday, September 15th game right now. Um, it's the bottom of the ninth. Bases are loaded. Um, and Andrew Chafin has no outs. So, yesterday they blew it in the eighth inning, Julio? Was it the eighth inning? Yes. I've lost track. I can't remember if it was eighth or ninth. Uh, but this has been like the the fucking story of the past week. Um, but, you know, got to ride the wave, Julio. Got to ride that wave. So, baseball is like the most superstitious sport, period. Uh, and tonight I've decided to kind of... It's 12. Oh, you'll see. Uh I've decided to kind of go into that own superstition. Normally when we record, I'll have like a beer or something like that. And, you know, we've just been having a lot of bad juju with that. So tonight I am drinking wine. And let's see if that helps. Courtesy from uh, Bachelor Nation glass right here. Shout out to Bianca and Winnie's old cover. God damn it! Uh, you don't seem like much of a wine uh, group, the uh, the A's, but you know. I mean, they have the Coppola Sweets. Um, that they do, that they do. That's true. Um, the Re- the Royals just scored a run. It's twelve ten now. Okay, welcome to Town Tailgate Podcast, where we're melancholy. Um, I'm Chris Magical. That's Julio Reynoso. Um, this podcast is presented by Around the Diamond. Go check them out. They are amazing uh, baseball media company, and uh, we are members of their podcast network. Um, this week, a lot of melancholiness, but um, we're going to try to keep it um, happy um, in the second half of the podcast. But um, uh, we have a, some groundbreaking um, history um, from Max Scherzer that we're going to talk about. Um, the Brewers keep rolling, um, and they're creating a lot of distance in their divisions. Um, so we're going to talk about that. Uh, two teams have clinched the playoffs. We'll let you know who those are. Uh, spoiler alert, they're in the same division. And then we we're talking about Tony Kemp being honored um, for his uh, work outside of baseball. Uh, Matt Chapman um, out for a little bit in a nursing injury, nothing too crazy. Um, and Bob Melvin talking about some specifics with, uh, with the catcher situation. A um, little bit of teaser, we'll get into that later. And then, of course, second half, like I said, we're going to keep it light and try and talk about some positives that can hopefully get us to the season. But first, Julio, like I said earlier, Max Scherzer, uh, yet another milestone in the future Hall of Famer's career. He has um, struck out his 3,000th batter. Um, Quite impressive. Um, I mean, we talk about him all the time on this podcast. Talk about him in person, too. Um, I would consider him... And Kershaw, the uh, the the pitchers of of this decade, um, they have dominated this decade. Um, it felt like for at least like the first seven years of two thousand tens, it was either him or Kershaw winning winning the uh, the uh, Cy Young, um, with a few little a few random um, uh, randos in there like Jake Arrieta, who didn't deserve it that year, should have been Grant, Zach Greinke in my opinion. Um, but uh, congrats to him, and again, another milestone for his hall, future Hall of Fame career. Not only that, uh, 
he threw an immaculate, immaculate inning during that same game against the Padres. And yeah. he also had a no-hitter going into, I believe, I'm trying to find the number in front of me, to the eighth inning. Yes, perfect game going into the eighth inning. That's pretty wild. 37 years old, man. And let's not, like, he's going to have, uh, he's going to be, he's in the Cy Young talk for the National League. I think probably towards As the he end. he should be. Either next week or probably the episode after that. I think we'll probably have our main segment just kind of being like our awards, and we'll just kind of mm-hmm. go up there. But it's like, damn, National League Cy Young, man, pick your poison because there's a lot of really deserving guys right now. And the fact that Max Scherzer, after all these By the years way, that of dominance, episode will depend on how upset I am if the A's either made it into the playoffs or happy that they finally got in. That too, but uh, just after all these years, the fact that he's still there, the fact that like. The Dodgers, we're going to talk about them in a couple segments, hint, hint. Uh, they would not be where they're at right now if Max Scherzer wasn't on that team. No. Like with the whole Trevor Bauer fiasco. Yeah, and, he filled that role perfectly for them. And we didn't really talk about if it. Not honestly, I'm so fucking tired of, of this guy and talking about him. But Trevor yeah. Bauer's will not play again this year. Um, yeah. I'm sure you all know that by now if you're listening to this and pay attention to baseball. But, yeah, how seamless of a transition that was is pretty amazing. Uh, and how now, much he's thrived in L.A. Like, I mean, I think we all kind of knew he was going to, but but he really kind of assimilated in, with that team so perfectly. Yeah, man. I, I, not much you can say about it. Just, like, I'm also stressing right now because it is a fight. All right. Um, yeah, not much you can really say about him. What else can you really say? I think the biggest issue that's going to be going forward is if the Dodgers in a wild card game, who is going to be the pitcher? I would do Max Scherzer because you have to. I I, I I hate this conversation with like everybody in like sports talk radio. Like the, it to me, it's a no brainer. You have to win this game in order to play more games. So why are we talking about? Yeah, let's pitch our second best pitcher or our third best pitcher and save our best guy for the next round. Like no, that's not that, that's not how this works. We have to win this game to play more. So like. Throw your best guys out there. For those who are curious, the next closest guys to getting 3,000 strikeouts, uh, Chris Sells at 2,037. He's 32 years old. We'll see. He's had some pretty injury-plagued years. Yeah. Um, Sorry. You'll see in a second. But uh, Clayton Kershaw, he's going to get All right. There you. Thank you, God. Thank you, oh fucking God. Andrew Chafin gets the third out. The A's win 12 to 10. Ah! Sorry if you're driving and I yelled that, but hey, right, we can close that window. We can we can actually focus on this podcast and have a natural conversation and not stressing and sweating our balls off right now. Sorry. Uh, Anyways, uh, Chris Sale. Yeah, we'll see. He's injured. David Price is at 2,039. He's not going to get there. John Lester, no, 2,049, or for no. 2,469, he's not going to get there. Cole Hamels, 2,560, he won't get there. No. Clayton Kershaw, uh, 2,658, he'll get there. He'll get there. Here's going to be an interesting one. Zach Greinke, 37 years old, 2,803. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. 
What? How many strikeouts is he at? Let's see. Let's see what he's done the past couple of years. Because um, if he's gotten around 200 a year, a season, he's got, you know, he's 37. He'll, he could probably pitch for three more seasons, I would say. Let's say he starts to slow down, gets to around, like, 120. Like, he's, yeah, I would say he does get there. I would, like, okay, let me see. So this year he's at 114. Last year he's at 67. That doesn't count. That was a um, COVID season. Um, you know what's the crazy that, part is? So if he gets around like 120 for the next three seasons, he's going to get there. He's at 2,800, you said, right? 2,803. Yeah. He's got like easily three more seasons left. The he's crazy, still good. The crazy part is uh, the top eight guys, a lot yeah. of them have been teammates. That's kind of cool. At one point, like Verlander and Scherzer were teammate, teammates. Verlander and Granke. Uh, Verlander and David Price, and like David Price and Chris Sale. Frankie, oh yeah, I'm Houston. Kershaw. Well, with, a, yeah, it's weird. Think about the think about the model of postseason pitching in the past decade. It's been um, or postseason uh, strategy in, for the past decade is um, dominant starting pitching. So what these teams who are in contention have done at the deadline, except for the A's for some reason. Uh, go after these aces in order to bolster their staff. So it doesn't it doesn't surprise me that some of the best pitchers in the, in the league have played together so often um, at the top of that list, at least. Um, yeah, that's pretty that's pretty cool. All right, let's move on. Speaking of strikeouts, boom, bam, transition. Look at that in your face, folks. What? what? Oh, go sorry. On, go I, I, I was, anyways, anyways, yeah. Corbin it's Burns. It's your transition. I'm not going to steal your transition. Corbin Burns, our dude. I think we're like the the leading uh, leaders. Terrible phrasing. Anyways, we're like the biggest guys of the Corbin Burns fan club, at least on the West Coast. Him and Josh Hader, great fantastic hair between the both of them. Uh, through a combined no-hitter, it is the, don't have it in front of me, but the 13th no-hitter of the season. That is the sing- or ninth no-hitter of the season. That is the single season record, and boy, Chris, we're gonna talk about. I told you so. Some other stuff a little bit later, but we, how long have we been preaching about like how dope this Brewers team is, and how it's like everyone's talking about the Dodgers, everyone's talking about the Giants. Uh, nobody really gives a shit about the Braves right now, but like this Brewers team, man, the time and time again, they're just coming up in these big moments. They're the pitching's been lights out. They're just gonna strike you out. Their hair's gonna be all over the place. It's awesome. I can say with confidence that we, outside of the Milwaukee um, sporting media community, that we were the leading uh, voices on the Brewers being the the most interesting team in uh, in the Central um, this year, in the NL Central this year, and as well as the uh, uh, potential winners of the NL Central. I'm trying to look up my um my predictions right now to try and see where what if we indeed did we did we had them we both had them um to win based on our point system for our preview podcast to um to win the nl central over the cardinals and over the cubs over the reds over the pirates we were very high on them um and i remember even looking at like experts and like who their their predictions to win the the nl central were i don't think anybody picked the brewers and we were very high on them so uh, I would say outside of Milwaukee, we are the biggest Brewers fans in um, in all of um, in all of sports media. I think that's a pretty confident uh, opinion. 
Only it, because we have special interests in mind because we like to say I told you so. It's like our favorite thing to do. It's actually pronounced Milwaukee. I don't think that's correct because I'm pretty oh, sure Milwaukee oh, is Oh, you missed. Oh, damn it. Wayne's World. Okay. When they meet Alice Cooper and they're playing a show in Mil- Milwaukee. He's like, it's actually pronounced Milwaukee. And they start going out about the indigenous people lived in Milwaukee. And Wayne's like, does this guy know how to party or what? Anyways. I'd like to say that I'm this massive Wayne's World fan, but no, it's, you know, Wayne's World was cool. I grew up with that. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. The one thing I'm a little peeved about is I understand why they would do it, but the fact that they just wouldn't let Corbin finish off the game and, be, and turn into a combined no-hitter, which if Josh Hader's the guy who's going to close it out for you, you know, fantastic, but... How do you feel about combined no-hitters? Because that's been another thing that's been talking about lately. It's just been like, uh, uh, you know, boomers pretty much get on their high horses. Like, they don't count if it should be a full game and all this stuff. I'm like, no, it counts. A no-hitter is a no-hitter. No, is a no-hitter. But um, the reason why they did is because we're 20 days away from the postseason, and they are looking pretty they're not they haven't clinched yet but they're looking pretty good to be one of the members of the postseason so they don't want their best pitcher to be completely burnt out because he threw 120 to 150 pitches in a regular season game that's why they did it so i can't be upset about that you know you have to think about that first um especially when you're going up against the dodgers or the giants in one of those potential playoff matchups you really need like your best guys at, at its fullest. No, I, whatever. Boomers suck. We already talked about this yeah. many times in this podcast. This is the anti-boomer podcast. We should just name it that. Who are we should change the name. The only boomers we believe in is Chris Berman. Because he's a oh. boomer, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, are you a fan of Boomer Esiason? You know, I was, I was about to say his name, but I felt like I haven't really thought about him much. In the last couple of years, in terms of, like football coverage, because he's mm-hmm. on CBS, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I haven't really thought about him to be honest with you. He's Go fine, look up your his stats if you're a football fan and you didn't grow up in the '80s. Um, the fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame is like a travesty. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of players that you're shocked that they're not in the NFL Hall of Fame. Jim Plunkett's another one, obviously, um, for Raider fans out there. Um, yeah. yeah. He was the MVP of the mid-80s. Like, he was an absolute stud. All right, moving on. Ryan Braun, uh, former face of the Milwaukee Brewers. A little segue. Um, Former MVP. Um, uh, He retired the other day. Um, We haven't seen him in a few years. I don't really know what else to say on this, Julio. He retired. He's got some a little bit of a shady history with the whole – Performance enhancers and stuff like that. It seems like it really put a mark on his career. Um, he still performed a couple years after that, but it's just like it almost went like he was like the face of baseball for that season that he was MVP, and he just kind of faded away into the mist. You could argue that he didn't even deserve to win that MVP in the first place, but we're not going to get into that. I just wanted to talk about it a little bit because this is a, not, this is not a part of the big three. This is a, a continuation of Brewers talk. Sidebar: Brew, uh, Brew Crew podcast here. No, I just wanted to talk because, um, he, yeah, he did play last year. He didn't do much. He retired. He spent his whole career as a brewer. Um, he is the all-time leader, home run leader for the franchise. And he led the Brewers to the postseason for the first time since 82 when back in, um, uh, was that 2008 
that Brewers team when it was like Prince Fielder, CC, uh, Cliff Lee was there, Ben Sheets. Yeah, was crazy that, ass team. Jam- was that the, JJ Weeks. Was that the season that um, CC went eleven and zero as a Brewer? Yeah, yeah. Right. Or it's two thousand seven. I'm sorry. Ricky Weeks. Ricky, Ricky Weeks. Weeks. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Braun. Yeah. Prince Fielder. Fuck yeah. Who else was on that team? That team was pretty stacked. I was, I was going to say Jonathan Lucre, but I, I think he was too young at that point. I want to say he was on that team. <clears throat> anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, he retired the other day. Um. Interesting legacy. I think it'll be forgettable, unfortunately, because of the steroids. Um, he was suspended for a full season, I think, because of that. Could have been he'll he'll have his legacy in Milwaukee. In Milwaukee, sure, yeah. And I think like baseball fans like us will remember him, of course, because it's you know he was like. But are you one. gonna celebrate him? But are you gonna celebrate him? Oh no, 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 exactly. But, oh, here's some. Other I'll guys remember him, team. but I won't celebrate him. Corey Hart. Corey Hart was dope. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Jenkins. He was dope. Oh, I haven't heard that name in a while. Right. Uh, Jeff, or JJ Hardy is pretty dope. Oh, wow. Was he the shortstop? Yeah. JJ Hardy wow. was the shortstop. I didn't know he was Hardy. that old. And then here's the, the rotation you got. Giovanni Garrado. Giovanni Garrado was the man. CC, mm-hmm. uh, obviously. Oh, Grant Balfour was on that team. Probably, yeah, a reliever. Okay. Oh, wait, I'm reliever. sorry. It was 2008. I was right the first time. Um, let's see if they got... Oh, their short, their catcher was Jason Kendall. What? Mike Cameron, Mike wow. Cameron was in center. Mm. Eric Gagne was their closer. Okay. Wow, CeCe, uh, Jeff Supon, Ben Sheets. Cliff Lee, too, right? Uh, no, wait, no, no. Cliff Lee, what the fuck am I talking about? Cliff Lee is a Indian. Ray Durham, and then, oh, Gabe Gross. Yeah, there's some. There are some. Uh, and just ran to that Philadelphia team. That's a buzzsaw. So, anyways, uh, pride of the valley. Congrats on your retirement. You got a weird legacy. Last but not least, we're gonna keep this uh, Valley baseball talk. In terms of playoffs, we had our first two teams clinch the playoffs this week. Uh, our favorite team in the whole world, those San Francisco Giants. Those don't you dare say that. No, they're just so much fun. Uh, they clinched. They their were the first team spot, to clinch. The yeah. first team to clinch the playoff spot. They are the first team with ninety wins. I still don't believe they're an actual baseball team. I think this is just a weird fever dream, and that we're just stuck in this. And it's not Julio. Fun. If their starters can get it together, they are a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs in the postseason but right now they don't look great they've won 95 games dude 95 games but what do we always say about the postseason it's about the starting pitching look at the teams look at look at the teams that they won world series with the starting rotation was at least led by a stud who was one of if not the best pitcher in baseball that season that they played they don't have that they don't have that yeah, dog. Kevin Gossman's fell off. Kevin Gossman, it, but is he going to – yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's their best pitcher, which he's been amazing all season. But Logan last Webb, month, too. I don't know what the fuck has been going on. I love Logan Webb. He's going to be the future ace of that team. He's really good. Um, but, yeah, they've been off the past month, man. I just don't trust that. I just don't. Sorry, Giants fans. 
And then also, uh, the other team that's in California that's in the NLS. No, not the Padres. The Los Angeles Doyers, they clinched their playoff seed. They're two games, two and a half games behind the Giants. Um, it's crazy. It it's The season has really flown by. I think, you know, recording this almost every week. We don't, Think about that, Chris. We only took like two weeks off over this whole entire regular season. So first and one off, of them was because of a hurricane. One of yeah. them just, just the literally the god did not want it to happen yeah so like pat ourselves on the back for if one. you're religious yeah but um two it's just it people are clinching postseason it's crazy and and you kind of feel bad for the dodgers i know people aren't going aren't going to but it's like they're gonna win 100 games and the odds are or one of these teams are gonna win 100 games and the odds are they're gonna be in a wild card game and there's a chance that might get knocked out. In their Dude, first it's the game. same thing as 2018 when the Yankees won 100 and 101 games and and they hosted the wild card game against a A's team that won 97 games and had to like it's it's insane. Like it it's almost the same story that year as it is this year. It's like really heavy, like good teams at the top, and then it just falls off pretty quick. So, with that in mind. I don't know if there's anything else we really want to say about this topic. Just saying, like... The Dodgers are still two and a half games behind yeah. first place. They could win it. Like, they haven't... These teams have not clinched the division yet. Just playoff berth. Will and they? The, I don't know. Um, but they could. And the Dodgers have been playing good ball. Five-game winning streak, 73 in their last 10. But guess what? The Giants are 9-1 yeah. and one their last 10 on a nine-game winning streak. Yeah. It's just nonstop. Now, I don't really know what else we can really say about this, but I just want to throw this situation out there. Honestly, I actually really liked last year's playoff format. I like the eight teams going in uh, because it's just like, dude, the freaking Marlins win an upset. The Cubs went upset a division winner or, or yeah. the Cubs won division. Um, but just like the this, Astros did that too. Yeah. The Astros won had a losing record and they went to the LCS. Like that was so much fun. I thought that was super yeah. exciting. Yeah. And the one game playoff is just kind of bullshit at this point. Like, it, I don't because think it's sustainable it, at all. It's because the game of baseball is not designed for a one game playoff. This isn't football. This isn't like, you know, this game is designed because you play every day, is designed to be a series. And for these teams to have to play 162 games, win 90 plus games, and have to go to a one game playoff is fucking ridiculous. Like, I loved last year's postseason. The three-game wildcard series was great. Maybe they could change it to something like instead of five teams per league, maybe they could do – they don't have to necessarily do eight, but maybe they could do six where, like, the number one seed – or the number two seeds, number one and two seed get a, a, a automatic buy. Um uh, and they, you know, they get to rest their players for three games, and the other four teams have to play it out. Like they could do something a little bit more creative, so they can get some more teams involved. I, I, I just think it's bullshit. But Chris, it's, that it makes too much sense. That makes it's too logical. Why would you do that? Fair man? point. Fair and, point. And, and, and yeah, it's stupid. I hope we're gonna be seeing. I have a feeling we're gonna be seeing some pretty drastic changes this off season with like the yeah. the player union stuff, and that has to be a part of it because it's like. The Dodgers the should not be... have to go through a one-game playoff, and and yeah. But do you think that the or the Giants? But do you think that? Oh, excuse me. Do you think that um, the players will be for an expanded playoffs or against? 
I think they'd be for it. Why wouldn't you be? But it's more so it's it's more players getting uh, a piece of the uh, uh, playoff bonus, but it's more you have to share more of it. You know what I mean? So it's like if you're the Dodgers and you kind of like your team is stacked and you kind of know you're going to the playoffs and you're Max Scherzer, you're going to be like, no, I don't want to share more of my check. Or you're going to be like, yeah, let's spread it around. You know, it's weird. It's going to be it's going to be weird to see how they negotiate that in the offseason. Because, again, listeners, we keep warning you. We're going to warn you again. Prepare. There could be potential long strike this offseason. <laughs> anyway. Should we move on? Yeah. yeah. Ace talk. What's up, everybody? It's Ace news. Remember the Ace? <clears throat> they won tonight. That team that, that won tonight. Yeah, look at that. Cheers to that. Updated Anyways. standings. Julio, we are three and a half games behind the Toronto Blue Jays for the second wild card spot. They're in the fir- second wild card spot now? Oh, this thing's uh, it's- the, Yeah, the Yankees won today. They're in the first wild card spot. And then Boston is in the Tide? Is tied with Toronto, but Toronto has won the um, inner series. Series. Does that make sense? See, so by our logic, all three of those teams should be in, and the A's are going to be the ones who are going to be fighting for that. Well, based on no, based on baseball rules, they don't they don't do um, like backup scenarios. So if Toronto and Boston end the series even record. There's an additional playoff game. There's no elimination game. Oh no, I'm sorry. That. Remember meant- Toronto and 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 uh, and the Rangers did that in 2012, and the Rangers lost that game. Or not Toronto. Um, uh, the Rays and the Rangers had played in that game, and David Price whooped that ass. No, I'm sorry. I meant to say, if we had a six-team playoff, oh, we'd be in. Yeah, yeah. Or no, we wouldn't. Be, we still wouldn't be in. But like, we we would. Yeah, we would. Oh no, we wouldn't. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, yeah. So that's if we had an eighteen wa- playoff. We would, and then Seattle would get to the playoffs for the first time in twenty five years. But anyway, twenty years. Guess what? We DFA'd another reliever. That's right. Bad Birch alert. No more. Uh, Birch Smith was DFA'd. He may still end up on this team at the end of it all. We shall see. For um, those of you who are not big baseball followers, designated for assignment means that they kind of released him, but haven't yet. Yeah, and that if nobody claims the player within is it seven to ten days or something like yeah. that, then player said player <clears throat> will return back to the team's minor league system. Uh, with that being said, they called up uh, Domingo Acevedo, who was previously in Las Vegas. He's been pitching pitching pretty well of late, but uh, I just want to take this moment. I'm going to move this kind of. I'll delete this part of our our uh, show notes. This is a massive I told you so. We talked about this at the trade deadline. We're going to jump on our high horses one more time about this. We absolutely loved every single move. Just the one thing we were both in pretty big agreement with was like we should like we would have been better off with another arm. And what's happened? Since then, JP Wendelkin's been DFA'd. Uh Jordan I think Jordan Williams was DFA'd before DFA, the trade yeah, deadline. He was DFA'd before, yeah. Yeah, but now Bird Smith's DFA. That's a third different lever DFA'd in the last few months. And you could have avoided that whole situation if you just could have literally shipped out somebody in Midland, Texas, to go get another reliever. And yeah. you, there was opportunities where 
uh, Sean Doolittle would have been available on the DFA market. Brad Hand would have been available on the DFA market. But instead, you didn't make that move. You decided to stick with what you had, and A.J. Puck kind of blew up in our faces as a reliever, and now he's back in Vegas. So it's like, it's kind of the like the reputation. I don't know if this is a, I don't know whose fault this is. I don't want to play, point any fingers in any wrong direction, but I know a lot of fans will say like Bowmel isn't the best when it comes to bullpen management, and I don't know how much of a say he has when it comes to you know personnel. the decisions, personnel decisions. But it's like, dude, this might be, you know, this might be a part of it because it's just like. We're at this point where I, I tweeted the gif from this is the end when there's like a huge when the apocalypse happened, there's a huge crack in the concrete wall and Seth Rogen just puts duct tape over it. I'm like, this is just them trying to fix their bullpen right now. When it's like you could have avoided all that, man. You could have just forked up and picked up some veteran who would have been available like for a minimum price. And you could have been in those big bit. moments and yeah. can contribute to in the A's defense at that time at the deadline, our bullpen was pretty successful. We had never given up a lead after eight innings, which is like a very um, unique and very specific and very um, favorable stat to say, but that hasn't been the case of the past month and a half. So maybe some veteran to have been in the dog days of summer and have fought off to make it to the playoffs could have been helpful in that situation like our most reliable reliever in the past month has been Sergio Romo and he's even had some bad moments in the past week so you can tell these guys are overworked so it's a again it's domino effect these guys are overworked but they're not they're just not picking up the slack I mean Diekman and and um and um oh my god who was before him they're all just blending into one dude. All Trevino was no Trevino was before Tre- Trevino, Trevino actually had a solid Deacon. outing. Tonight. Yeah, he had a solid outing. That's true. Um, but Deekman gave up all these runs, and then Chafin, Chafin does. Yeah, dude. We, I mean, even just one more guy would have been nice at the deadline or these waiver moves. It's just what I think. The, what's most upsetting about this particular DFA is like Birch Smith was like our best reliever until he got hurt last year. Like, what the fuck happened to him? He, I remember looking at that being like, wow, that was such a great pickup that we made get for the Giants. Like, yeah, I mean, just what? And then, like, remember in the offseason when they made that trade um, with the Dodgers for uh, Adam Kolarik? Kolarik? Like, what the fuck happened to him, man? Like, what? Like, what is the scouting department, like, doing wrong this past year where they're not seeing what, like, they should be seeing with these relievers? You know? Because they're the ones advising the front office to be like, hey, make this move for Caleric because he looks really good and I think we can get him at a low price. I don't know. And, but and, yeah. in our defense, or too, like Sheldon Noisy hasn't done anything with the Dodgers. So that's good to see. But it, it just, in retrospective, what this bullpen was really good at was not going to be a sustainable model which is like you're pretty much relying on precision and like deception with your pitches because like who's yeah. the hard lou throws the hardest out of all these guys or lou and deekman that throws the hardest um deekman we kind of knew he was going to regress 
from last year because he was just so freaking good last season. There's like there's no way this guy's gonna replicate it in a full yeah. season, and he hasn't unfortunately. And then Lou, look, I understand the hate over the last few weeks, and I I think we're both big enough fans of this guy where it's like, hey, I still think he can do it. I mm-hmm. still think just you know. I don't want him to be the closer, but yeah, I think he can be a good bullpen pitcher. Yeah, and he proved it tonight. You know, he went two innings, he gave up a run, but he he gave up three hits, and it was kind of some funky stuff that was going on, um, in the field too that kind of led to that run. Yeah, but it's just like they're, I don't know what they think is kind of a sustainable way of building a great bullpen because it's like the guys who threw the hardest are gone. It's like Jordan Weems, you know, Jordan Weems was whatever. But that was somebody who you knew could come out and throw some velo out there. Um, you know, and then AJ or uh, JP Wondelkin has some velo behind him that didn't really help. AJ Puck had velo, but guess what? He still can't control him. He had to send it back down. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, what to do at this point? I don't know. I hope that Domingo pitching in, and well in Vegas as a reliever is going to be what this team needs because we know how offensive driven that league is but who knows man fingers crossed i i I will say maybe it has something to do with what scott emerson's like um scouting reports and 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 strategy has been but we know that scott emerson is an amazing pitching coach so like something has completely fallen off the rails We've seen him turn guys like Colt Irvin into these like very productive pitchers, and then when they leave the A's, they're not productive. So he gets the best out of guys. Um, I don't know what the situation exactly is going on um, right now, but um, yeah, I mean that w- I just felt like that was something that needed to be brought up. That there, th- there's definitely something going on. With I, but uh, one bright side, you know, Dalton Jeffries has looked very promising every time he's come out. I think he's he's come in really tough situations, and uh, he's defended off what he can. Um, and he went like four days ago, I think it was. I, uh, off the top of my head, I don't really know, but he went like good four, like three strong innings, um, and then he gave it up and, and like lost the lead. But um, get, just get, someone else gave it up. But there's a few guys that there are some promise to. You're going to say something about it. Speaking of some guy. Uh, no, I was just trying to make sure you didn't blow my cover of what I was going to talk about a little mm-hmm. bit later. But let's go ahead and celebrate our guy, TK. <clears throat> Tony Kemp is this year's nomination for the Roberto Clemente Award in Major League Baseball. No Ace fan should be surprised. Yeah, Tony Kemp has just been one. Tony Kemp's been a massive surprise this year as a whole. Jeez. I think after what we kind of saw last year, we're like ready to throw him over, but he's been pretty outstanding for what you've really needed from him. I wasn't ready to throw him over, but I was, you know, wasn't ready to give him a starting position at second base. Now I am. So he's the A's nominee for the Roberto Clemente award, which recognizes major league player who best represents the game of baseball through extraordinary character, community involvement, philanthropy, positive contributions, both on the field and in the community for those of you who i don't know do we really need to explain who roberto clemente is i really hope we don't have to but i don't think we have enough time okay anyways because then we have to go into his all accident and everything like that like let's just not do that if you want to go if you want to know who roberto clemente is go look him up he's 
one of the most philanthropic professional athletes, if not the most, um, of all time. One of the best outfielders ever. Absolute cannon. Absolutely, that I, well. did, I did a book report on him when I was like in middle school, I think. He's like a 14-time all-star. Yeah, he has the. They said it during the broadcast or the radio broadcast. He has the most all star out, most all star appearances for an outfielder. Him and Willie Mays. So yeah. that shows you. Uh, but why is he nominated? If if you haven't seen Tony establish the plus one effect campaign, I'm reading off the monitor. So if you're watching on YouTube, I apologize. Uh, which encourages constructive conversations about race, systematic racism, and his own life experiences. And the great thing about what I really love about like Tony Kemp is this isn't just a thing that you see his teammates now in Oakland are supporting. Throughout the last couple seasons, you've seen a lot of guys around baseball who have been friends with him and who have connected with him support him. We'll wear the plus one effect t-shirt. I remember last year seeing like Alex Bregman was wearing it because he was in Houston for a time being. And honestly, kudos, man. It couldn't you couldn't have picked a better person. I've really you know, for lack of better words, I really fall in love with this guy for everything he represents, and he really is just a fa- fantastic rep- representation of the city of Oakland. And proud of you, man! Congratulations. Hopefully, you can get a win, which is, I guess you have to vote, which is stupid, but whatever. Spoiler alert: I'm going to talk about him later. Love it. Fucking love it. Anyway, moving right. on. Um, uh, Matt Chapman um, has been out for a couple days. Nothing crazy. It's minor injury, a little bit nagging. He should be available again against the Angels this weekend. Um, this is an interesting little story, which um, is worth noting. Bob Melvin uh, recently made a comment uh, <clears throat> that was um, covered in uh, Chris Beerman's piece um, this week. Um saying that he f- thinks that Sean Murphy should be the clear number one catcher uh, for the A's. He does not believe in pitchers uh, having uh, personal catchers or priority catchers. Um, he um, didn't really uh, uh, comment too much on that, but the reason why this subject came up was because Frankie Montas is pitching very well with Jan Gomes behind plate catching him. In fact, he's been overwhelmingly successful in the past, I don't know, five since plus the starts break. he's got a, yeah. a like a Be- sub three era since the all-star break there's clearly some great chemistry that he that jan has with him um and last start which was yesterday uh montas took over or i mean uh, uh sean murphy took over and montas struggled a little bit in the third inning um so that was asked about um I I'm going to I'm going to talk about this in the second half. Um Julio, this is going to be one of my things. Um so I am going to restrain a little bit and I'm I'll let you give your opinion. So, here's the numbers behind it. Montas has had four starts uh with Aramis Garcia. He has a one he had a 1.4 ERA and um uh, the opposition had a 5.5 or 5.98 OPS. He's had six starts with Jan Gomes. He has a 1.86 ERA with a 5.42 OPS. He's had 18 starts with Sean Murphy. 4.66 ERA with a 7.37 OPS. That's fucking insane. Yeah, and... That, for Bomel being... I think he's a relatively... At least his front office and how... <clears throat> 
the front office works and how he kind of works this lineup is pretty progressive for most of the part when it comes to lineups and kind of like mixing and matching guys throughout the day and all that. It's yeah, pretty this is a get off my lawn opinion. This is a yeah. This is not a good look because yeah. if you look at some of the most dominant pitchers throughout the last five six years and even before that, there's been guys who've like they've had their guys. With the Yankees right now, Garrett Cole is going to be if he doesn't win Cy Young, he's going to be the follow up the runner up to Cy Young, and every single start he's going to have Kyle Higashioka out there with him. Uh, Clayton Kershaw during his prime years was AJ Ellis was behind the plate. Like it doesn't matter. It's like the, if you have that wasn't, battery tandem, wasn't Lester's that works. famously Cody or not Cody Ross? David Ross was famously just Lester's catcher. Yeah, and then yeah. right now with the Padres that. Uh, Victor Carantini is you Darvish's catcher. Yeah. And that when Darvish was traded and they told him he was going to go to the Padres and they was building the groundworks, he pretty much said, like, hey, if you're trading me, you got to trade Carantini with me because, like, I'm not going to go without him kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's stupid. I can, and I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed that this is his mindset behind it. We've seen it on the A's a lot, too, though. Like, remember – um, the year that Jesse Chavez had like an insane first half, Stephen Vogt was his personal catcher. Like that was a whole thing. Like so, it's not like he's against this opinion. Like in the hist- in the past, this is a really weird time to to just really die on this hill. Now, I wouldn't be shocked if this is just more of like the a. There might be. I don't, I want. I don't want to say it's a beef, but if it's just like a. How long have we been hyping up Sean Murphy? He finally comes in 2019. He had a pretty solid year last year. And we're like, no, this is our guy. Maybe it's a confidence thing that it's like, hey, we want to make sure he doesn't lose his job. But at the same time, you're the guys who fucking traded for Jan Gomes, who has caught, hey, that guy we just talked about who threw 3,000 strikeouts, guess who's caught the fourth or fifth most strikeouts for him? They showed a, a graphic of it. Jan Gomes did. There's a reason why you traded for this guy because like he is a veteran. He knows how to play those big situations. Now I'm not gonna I'm not saying like don't play Sean Murphy because like I think he's still super, he's super valuable. I think he's actually pretty underrated throughout this season. Um, we talked about this like a month or two ago or a few weeks back. Where if you look like some of the advanced numbers, like Sean Murphy's like one of the best catchers in baseball. Like even if his offensive numbers don't show it, but it's like those numbers right there should show you, like, this pairing is not working. And if it's not working, then don't try it. So I'm hoping this is just the last time they did it, saying, all right, going forward, rest of the season, Frankie, your starts, you're with Jan. And if not, then, you know, come on, Bowmel, you know better than that. Uh, on that note, we're going to take a break, and we're going to come back. We're going to do a segment called Think Happy Thoughts. Happy and take thoughts. A, take some positives uh, for and Julio's going to do those jazz hands every single time. Uh, we're gonna do. We're gonna think. Bring up some things that have been working, and things that the A's should continue to do in order to keep having success and hopefully make it to the playoffs. Um, so stick around, and we'll be right back. Instead of riding the wave, we welcome you to our happy place. Goose for the YouTube watchers or for the audio listeners julio just did a nice little zen namaste yeah 
Uh, we're gonna. Things have been stressful lately, um, so we're gonna go to our happy place and we're gonna think of pos- think positive thoughts and talk about what has been working this past uh, this past few weeks and what we need to focus on um, in order to clinch this wild card spot. Um, or should I say, Namaste? A's Namaste. A's. Much better. It's plural. There's several of them. Because look, folks, this this has been a turd sandwich of a last three weeks. But just because it's a turd sandwich doesn't mean the bread can't be great. Before we move on to who we're going to be talking about, Chris, do you have a favorite sandwich bread? Uh, yeah, Dutch Crunch. Dutch. Oh. What's yours? Ooh. Uh, big sourdough guy because you're i feel like everybody from the bay area like it's like required to well, be sourdough but now nah, dutch crunch so, sourdough is the easy pick i love a nice ciabatta mm. love me some ciabatta mm, yeah nice. sourdough is the easy pick you know never been a big sourdough guy does that mean i have to not i'm not, i can't be from the bay area anymore sourdough is a shit it's but it has to be with very specific things whereas with uh, just mm. dutch dutch crunch is very bay area too because of like Ike's clam sandwiches. chowder sourdough Ugh. All right, uh, all right. Anyways. Anyway. Uh, do you want to go first or you want me to go first? You know, Chris, I think I'm going to have you lead off with your guy. Yeah. <laughs> he knows what mine's going to be. All right, Phil. Phil. I meant to say folks, and then for some reason went to fellas. All right, folks, because we, we, we cover all genders. Um, uh, happy thoughts. One thing that's been working that they need to keep doing, um, and it just makes me happy thinking about it. It's not specifically the leadoff spot. It's four batters in these specific spots that have been paying off. The reason why we're scoring 12 runs a game. Um, and the offense has really come alive in the past couple weeks. <clears throat> Josh Harrison absolutely needs to keep leading off. In his last 15 games, he's has 20 hits, and he's hitting 308. Um, he scored five runs, but um, that's neither here nor there. Um, secondly, Starling Marte keeps, needs to keep hitting second. He's been killing it at the number two spot. In the last 15 games, he has 20 hits. He's hitting 323. He has seven RBIs. That means he's bringing uh, Josh Harrison home. And he scored 14 runs. 14 runs. He also has 6,000 steals during that time. Yeah. Here's the second one. Going to go down the batting order a little bit. Tony Kemp. Tony Kemp. At the number eight spot, fucking crushing it. Eighteen hits in the past fifth in the past uh, um, fifteen games, hitting three twenty three has scored eight runs. And here's the one who's gonna fucking blow your mind: Elvis Andrews at the nine spot in the last seven games, eleven hits in seven games. He has eleven hits. He has scored five runs. He's hitting four seventy eight the past week. Fifteen games, not as impressive. Um, he's really come on the past week, but uh, 16 hits, eight runs, three fourteen. Still good, still very good, still very impressive. Those positions need to remain the same. Um, Kemp and and Andrews really like just if they're in, uh, um, whether if they're on deck or in the hole or or they're leading off and inning, they always bridge the gap to Harrison and Marte. It's almost like an automatic thing at this point. Knock on wood, it would be. Um, and it's just like the perfect combination of getting speed 
and 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 reliability and aggressiveness on the base paths. All those guys are very aggressive, and that's why they're scoring so many runs. We need to keep doing that. That is a fantastic thing that is working. So, Bob Melvin, great job with that. The middle of the order needs to pick it up, but as long as those guys can group together and be on base near each other and hit near each other, then they will be successful. You know, it's a pretty similar thing between all those guys, too. Um, they're all black, and they're all out of speed. I was going to go with the latter, but you're not wrong with the first one. They also but have yes. facial hair. Yes, a lot of facial hair. But, yeah, mm-hmm. they're all fast. They're all <laughs> super fast, so it's like if your seven-hole hitter gets out, then, you know, if you're going to lead off your next inning with Tony Kemp, who fast Elvis has lost a step or two, but I think he's still relatively quick enough to go around. They're also all clutch, Julio. Yeah, no, hell yeah, big time. And they they don't they don't um, crumble in the moment. They thrive in the big moments. Like they want to succeed. They're big hype guys. So I'm glad you talked about all those guys because I want to talk about the person who lost that start lead off drop. And that's been Mark Canna. Mark Canna over the last two weeks hitting. Uh, usually he's been he's been bouncing. He was initially in the seven hole. He's been bouncing a little bit more. I know he was hitting uh, cleanup in this series with Chappie out, but he's starting to figure it out. It's figuring out he his philosophy is coming back to him again. Um, 46 at bats. He's hitting 282. He scored 12 runs, seven singles, two doubles. And here's a big wow. part four home runs. The power that was kind of missing throughout the season that we had seen over the last few years is starting to come back again. And it's from dropping back a little further in the lineup. So, like, hey, maybe being in that leadoff role and not necessarily relying on that power anymore, I was, like, realizing, hey, I still have this kind of thing, Mm -hmm. you know? 10 RBIs, 7 walks, and 12 Ks. So, you know, the strikeouts are a little bit high. uh, But, of course, if you're going to be a hitter like him who's, like, consistently patient, the odds are, you know, you're going to get struck strike out a little bit more but we were so pessimistic about him um it's a long season so to kind of see that like he's bounced back he's really flourished in this middle of the lineup spot he's really been fantastic and he's and if he's going to be continuing that he's going to be a huge part of this success like for this offense and it's shown look how many runs they've scored they haven't the pitching hasn't done their end of it but like the offense is really clicking right now, and I think having him yeah. in the middle of the lineup, where he, you can kind of have like that leadoff mentality, but also like that power hit mentality, still there, has been awesome. So, Mark Canna, you know, think happy thoughts. Keep it and up. and I think the best thing about that is with Ramon gone, you need that someone to step up and that production in the middle of the lineup. So if he he is yeah he can do that. We've seen him. Um, perform in the middle of the lineup in in the past um and and also especially with jed's age very clearly showing recently in his lack of production like they just need some help and they need some power there so wow four home runs that's pretty impressive namaste uh namaste. Right, this is my oh, whatever who's your next guy who's making you happy uh, of a cans of a i don't know i got nothing there. No, um my last one, I only have two. Uh, my last one is um, uh, Jan Gomes at catcher. I'm sorry, like I'm not gonna like. W- 
I haven't looked at John Murphy's advanced analytics. I'm sure it's interesting, but watching him play catcher yesterday, like miss pass ball and throw it over, like uh, I think it was like three games ago, throw it over Tony Kemp's head for a steal, and the guy gets the third and scores the next fucking pitch. Like that shit's not flying anymore. I don't know what it is, but it's just not working right now. And Sean Murphy is going to be a fantastic catcher, and. If we lose the Mats, potentially the future star of this team, um, but he's just in kind of a sophomore slump right now, and we don't have the time or the patience to deal with it. So let's get a catcher who's been there, um, who's played and been games, who's been on World Series appearance teams, and who has kind of who has been really impressive on both sides of the ball um, lately, and clearly has a very good chemistry with our pitchers. Um, let's get him in there and let's focus on him being um, the main catcher. We don't we don't have time to fuck around anymore. It's just like, yeah, it, so it's that. Riding the hot hands, I guess, is kind of more of a thing because um, I guess Tony Kemp is another example, like playing second, but yeah. You know, I'm – you kind of brought up a good point that I really, really didn't think about. I really didn't know how to articulate it, which is like – Look, if we had a solid, uh, if we had a solid grasp on the wild card, if we had a solid grasp on just the playoffs in general, I would feel pretty good about that. About mm-hmm. like, yeah, Sean, get him out there. You know, get as much experience as you can. You know, make meet up innings, even if it's just garbage time games. Keep him out there. But we're at the point where it's like the A's are three and a half games back. It's do or die. And you need to have somebody who's been in those situations before who can hold it down. And Jan Gomes is that guy right now. So, yeah, 1,000%. I We have 14 games left. That's not enough time to fuck around. Yeah. How many, how many games do you think is like a satisfactory amount that Jan Gomes catches? Where you're like... Yep. If he's catching over ten X I want him to catch the last ten of the fourteen games. I want him to catch ten of the next fourteen games. Unless unless one of the pitchers specifically wants to throw to him, which I can see that definitely happening because they a few of them went up in the minors with him. So like Caprillion probably wants to pitch to Murphy, that's fine. Um Cole Irvin probably does. But like no man. Like I don't Actually, have to... you know Chris Chris Bassett will probably want to pitch to Murphy, so maybe that's a little bit lower. But See, I want him th- to pitch more games. Or I want him to catch more games. And I think this what is the hard part of being a manager is because it's just like, you know, yeah, that's your boy, but sometimes you'd be like, he like you know, Jan calls a better game. He know like there's been he multiple does. situations throughout this since he's come over where Cap's been in just these really tough situations. And Jan has got him out of it. Jan mm. has been able to kind of steer him through it and, you know, go up and do whatever talk and kind of call the rest of the game. Cause like, he's seen this shit. And like, yeah. that's the, and that's why you get these guys, you get these guys so they can kind of guide the younger players. And, you know, Chris Bassett's not a younger player, but he's relatively say, inexperienced. Like but you C-Bass need these guys, the, man. Seabass is probably the only pitcher on the staff who I would be like, 
I trust in him to just pick his catcher because when he gets in those scenarios, he's going to recognize it and be able to work out of it. He doesn't need an, an, an experienced catcher to talk him through it and like break down the scenarios that he's not realizing. The younger guys, yeah, you're right. Maybe maybe for Cap and, and Irvin, it is a, probably a good spot for, for him to do that. Let's see. Cracking I, ho I hope on. 10 is... Nice back crack. Classic back crack. <laughs> back what? You were cracking your back. I was oh, you heard it? Oh, you back crack. Back. Oh, that back crack. No, I just saw you do it. Um, I've been going to chiropractors too. Ah, it's so good. But yeah. uh, yeah, we'll see. Ten seems lofty. I that'd be awesome. It's not going to happen. It's not going to be ten based on no. his, based on Bomo's comments. But I think it should be. What's your Vegas over under? Seven. Uh, yeah, I would say I would say it's split seven. Would you take the over? No. Hmm. I would take the under if I was a betting man, which I am. Obviously, we all know that we talk about it all the time. You know, all I'm gonna say is it's Hispanic Heritage Month, and when MLB put out their Instagram post about it, and they showed they were had a big um, collage of all the active like, like Latino and Hispanic players. Jan Gomes is on there. I'm like, you, you, come on, man, this is month. Don't disappoint him. Namaste. My player. I think you should feel confident and you should feel happy about these last couple weeks. He's a bullpen player. No, it's not Romo. No, it's not Lou Trevino. No, it's not any of those guys. It's Dalton Jeffries. Dalton Jeffries. Dalton oh, Jeffries. you teased to that earlier. Yeah, I teased it earlier. I did. I did. I, oh. So for the folks at home, we did not uh, uh, tell each other um, about these picks that we're going to make, except for I, I called dibs on Harrison leadoff for the first one. Yeah, so we, we make that it was fun. A, that was, yeah, that was totally a coincidence. I wanted to pick a pitcher because uh, as much of a shit show as it's been, I think this team, it, the foundation of this team is still pitching, and even if it's not working, you're bound to find somebody that is having it work at this point. And the yeah. last couple of weeks... Dolan Jeffries has been that guy. Dude, uh, he looks so good. I look I feel so good about him for the future. Yeah. Um yeah. Him he, Cap, he's, fucking uh He's pitched ten innings throughout the last couple weeks, eight hits, three earned runs, one walk, five strikeouts. And he's kind of been leveraged into that long reliever role, more or less, where unfortunately guys have been kind of shit in the bed and not lasting more than four innings and cat and that cap uh, you know don't want to say names of who's doing it but uh dalton jeffries has kind of been coming in and cleaning up after these guys and yeah. he's i think he's cleaning up to the point where he's been doing so well that at what point do you think you know again there's only 14 games left there's only so much wiggle room you can do with this at what point do you feel like, hey, let's just have him start. Let's have him start, do a spot start over Cap, who has been struggling lately. Um, or do you, or you're kind of in the you, it's judging by your head shaking. You don't see this if you're on the. It's too late. Yeah, it's too late. It's too late, baby. Now it's too then you, late. Then you 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 put some you put some. Uh, some doubt in the mind of one of those young guys. Um, and then you get to a situation as if you make the playoffs, it's like, okay, who's our playoff rotation? And it's like, okay, so then we riding with Dalton the rest of the time, throwing in a fresh rookie in that situation. Like 
I, you know, they they did that with Sonny in 2013. And it worked out because he was the our number one prospect. But Dalton Jeffries is not that. So like, it's a different scenario. Um, no, I no no. I I would rather um, ride it out with with Big Game James um, and Cole Irvin, and um, just kind of see see how it goes and and use Dalton as that long reliever guy. If guys get into fucking. <clears throat> guys get into trouble in three four five innings then uh, you bring him out there and you hope that he can eat up two to three innings and and really like get to the end of the bullpen i just yeah yeah it's it's weird because it's starting to seem like we have multiple guys who bowmel's kind of leaned into being like oh you're gonna be the innings eater it was petite but boy that's not looking great anymore we'll talk about him in a minute because hey guess what that was your essential tailgate tool last week um Diola Scare was kind of the inning eater guy and who knows like if what this rotation is going to look like next year you know everything's pretty up in the air I'd expect at least a couple of these guys will not be there and you know is Jeffries ready to kind of slide into that back of the rotation and take those roles we'll see but also here's another wild card we didn't talk about yet Mike Fire started this week in Vegas. That's a huge wild card right there. Huge, huge wild card. That's a huge wild card right there. And I talked about last week, I'm like, hey, why don't you go in, like, if your rotation's kind of falling to shit, if everything's blown apart, why not kick tires on just a free agent market, see what guys would work? I mentioned Tanner Roark. Like, oh, I'm so stupid. Mike fires, but no one thought that he would even be ready by now. This yeah. is uh, this is a shock. I mean, it's better late than never. If he looks good in his first start or his second start, you absolutely have to bring him up, even if it's just like a bullpen game where like you're gonna have him come up and do three innings as long as you set that expectation. Which it seems like Bowmel's really scared of bullpen games after 2018, and he Ooh. just said that philosophy doesn't work for us, but. Who would you rather have as your number four starter in a playoff series, Cole Irvin, or would you rather have Mike Fires? I think I would have rather have Mike Fires. I I can rely on him. <sighs> Cole Irvin. Hmm. So all Mike this talk Fires, about uh, all this talk about no. Dalton Jeffries, and then and then this is the okay. No, well, look, my whole you're thing an was, ageist, Julio. You're an ageist. Hey, screw you, man. I'm 32. <laughs> but like with Mike Fires, like he, you know, the times he has pitched in the postseason the last couple of years hasn't been great. Oh, let me rephrase that. It hasn't been good. So, I mean, but it, it, I wouldn't say that it's it would it's been disastrous or anything like that. Yeah, I guess not. But anyways, Don he Jeffries. didn't even get a shot in 2018 when he probably should have started that game. So. Said it was Liam Hendricks who's now closing games out for the Chicago White Sox. <clears throat> Anyways, namaste. I hope that gives everybody just a little bit of uh, alleviation over these last couple weeks, how stressful it's been. Look, there's no time like the present. The A's won tonight. Uh, they have a series coming in. We'll talk about the upcoming series, but it's like they're still in it. It's not well, They have one more game tomorrow, easy. too. They have one more game tomorrow against the Royals. Or by the time you listen to it today or yesterday, we'll yeah, see. But, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's not I mean, going to be easy, it. but it is still viable 
So just keep some, you know, keep the faith in the team. Try to be as positive as you can and just namaste and chill. Alrighty, Chris, speaking of that upcoming schedule, the A's are going to be down here this weekend. Hey, oh, they're going to be playing the Anaheim. Are you yeah, going to the game or what? Angeles. Yep. Uh, you're, are, did you confirm if you're going on Friday's game? Uh, I'm not, but I'm uh, I'm not having people over on Sunday anymore. So maybe I'll go to Sunday's game. Well, I'm going to Sunday, so you better let me know as soon as you can, so I can get tickets. We'll talk about it after this pod. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they'll be in, in Anaheim this weekend. Uh, also, kind of some Angels news: Mike Trout not coming back this season. So yeah, I think and, we all uh, expected that, though. Yeah, at this point, he's not, which is kind of sucks because you know it's a little more fun when he's out there, but yeah. also makes our lives a little bit easier. Yeah. The next week we have a huge series. We have the wild card contending. Can't believe we're saying that. Seattle Mariners will be in Oakland. Uh, this is a part of the start huge of the final series. home stand of the 2021 season. So huge if series. you haven't been able to make it out to a game this season, please do. The team really needs it. I know the ticket prices are so stupid right now, but um, you know they're still in it. Go show your support for the, your boy. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and jump off with our players of the week here. Chris, you already hinted at him. You talked about him, how great he's been this spot. So I'm just going to kind of double down on this. Freaking Elvis Andrews, man. Wow. 478 in the last week. Five runs, seven singles, four doubles, six RBIs, a walk. And here's my, my favorite part about this whole thing. He struck out once. Yeah. Productive at bat. Almost every other at bat. You really couldn't have gotten hotter at any point in time throughout the season. Tonight, he had a four-hit game tonight against Kansas City. Fan-freaking-tastic. And they talked about it on the broadcast. I've been doing more of, like, um, playing the radio broadcast over the uh, video. Sorry. You've been doing that for a while now, though. Yeah, because I, I feel like you like it's that. A yeah. More, yeah, it's a little more informative because it's like you kind of have to fill a little more dead air yeah. with radio where you can't be like, hey, look at this fat asshole. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I just hey, love Dallas. Dumb, I love Dallas. Dumb so bastard much. up here. <laughs> and I think that Dallas and Glenn's um, chemistry is so good. It's like on the same level as Ray and Glenn's. Oh, yeah. But, um, I wouldn't get there yet. But, but it's it, they're great. I think they're great together. But it's just like yeah. to kind of get for us where like, we because we're doing this where we have to feel a little more informed about stuff. I yeah, feel like you get a little more stories out of it. But they were talking about on the radio broadcast yeah. like, you remember how terrible Elvis was to start the season? He is hitting below two hundred. He's hitting like one eighty, but since then he's been hitting like two sixty. Yeah. So look, he's not Trevor's story. He's not a lot of these guys that we're claiming to get for short. And I think tonight was pretty evident. There's a couple of plays where his body just wasn't able to catch up to the ball, like when it was getting hit up the middle. But you know what? I think his leadership, how clutch it could be at times, especially if it's a four-hit night tonight, they need it. So Elvis, man, freaking love it. Yeah, dude, he might have to move to second next season. We'll see. We'll see if there's moves to be made and maybe Nick Allen plays short. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, <clears throat> good. I'm, I'm glad you picked one of the middle infielders. I'm going to pick the other one. Uh, Tony Kemp is my, uh, player of the week. He has been clutch on both sides of the ball. That amazing double play he did today, scooping Josh Harrison's ball in the dirt 
um, all the way from third and making the throw. I didn't. I mean, Tony Kemp does not have an arm, so I was a little shocked that he was able to make that throw uh, over to first to get the very, very last minute um, double play. It was amazing. He's had some amazing classic Tony Kemp jump way higher than he absolutely should be able to jump um, diving catches um, in the past week. He's been doing it on both sides of the ball. Again, I'll bring up the numbers um, for his hitting um, 18 hits in the last uh, seven games uh, or 15 games. I uh, scored eight runs batting uh, around 320. He's just been incredible. And with the lack of production from Jed, this is so crucial. We need this from him so much. If he can keep it up, it's great. And another guy who's a leader in an, in on the field and off the field in the clubhouse. Dude's got hops. There's like, oh, there's no way that guy can make that play. It's so and much fun watching him dive for that, that outfield ball that he dove, like, backward. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. I was going to look up. Um, I wonder if he's going to be in any gold glove talk. I don't know if. He doesn't gonna... play consistent enough at one position, I don't think, Julio. Yeah, that's true. Like Robbie Grossman was in was a finalist a few years ago. Um he only played like a hundred and like hundred and eight, hundred and ten games, but it's but he played all those games at left field. Tony Kemp let's see, he's played uh He's played seventy seven games at second, forty four and in the outfield. Yeah. And one at short. So, by the way, he's hitting three ninety one in the past seven games. Pretty well. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think that's enough, dude. I don't he's think there's enough four. games at second yeah. or at anywhere else. It's not, he's he's only committed four errors on the year. Yeah. He's got a nine eighty fielding nine eighty fielding percentage at second. Like, <clears throat> you know, if you give him a full season, let's see if he doubles the amount of errors. Right side, though, dude, I just feel so good about the middle infield on both sides of the ball going into a playoff series right now. If we, yeah, no, totally. I, um, a lot better than there's a lot of chemistry there, too. There's so much chemistry there, and they have so much fun with it. Yeah, their chemistry, they're just so much fun. They're lighthearted, and like during times like this where pitching's falling apart, you need that, man. You need some guys just gonna keep the little bit lighter. All right, Christopher. It's essential tool, tool time. Uh, last week, you picked Yusmera Petit, and good God almighty, yeah, you're going to give him the Mets double thumbs down. Uh, Petit went 2.1 innings, 5 hits, 5 earned runs, 2 strikeouts, and a loss. Uh, I went with Chad Pinder. He didn't get a ton of at-bats. He only had 9 at-bats, but he hit 300, I guess, because he got 3 hits. He almost uh, got single, a Single, double, and triple. Yeah, he almost got a, a cycle for the week. For the uh, week, yeah. Two the RBIs. Cycle. <laughs> two RBIs, a walk, and a K. Chris, who's going to be your guy this week? You're going to be cheering. You're potentially cheering on them in person. Who you got? Um, I want to pick one of the four um, happy place guys that I chose today, but I don't I don't know which one to pick, so I'm going to pick all four of them. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. Um. I'm gonna go with Josh Harrison. He needs to keep leading it off. He needs to keep uh, getting on base, being aggressive. Um, it, I, there's not many bright spots to look at on our team right now, but he's been the one who's really just fucking leading the offense because he gets on base and it's like contagious. It's like, all right, Marte is gonna get on a hit, and then everybody just kind of like gets it going. And and he's just so much fun. He's really like 
acclimated to the team so well. You can really tell. Um, he does the whole ride the wave thing. He's always like dabbing up with people in the cl- in the in the dugout and on the field. Like I just fucking love that guy. So um, I think his success. We our offense rides off of his success. So we need to keep that going. I love it, Jay. Hey, Who's yours. Um, I'm kind of going to take what you were going to say, and I'm saying picking multiple players because I'm going to pick Do multiple it. players, but for a different reason. Okay. I'm going to pick the OC boys. I'm going to pick Cole Irvin and James Caprillion. Mm. Both are from Orange County. They've both pitched pretty well against the Angels in Anaheim. And bounce back starts. I see what you're doing. Yeah, I think it's going to be bounce back starts. I think um, we need know, them this... to go deep too, dude. We need them to go like if they can get five plus innings, then they're going to get their confidence back. Yeah, I think that's all it is. It's just like you don't look. You don't need to throw a complete game. You don't need to go eight. Not maybe even not seven innings, just yeah. go like five six innings and just put in a quality start on the field and like that's enough with this team right now. That you know we don't know about the bullpen, but that's enough there. Um, and they somehow always turn it up when they are back home. And let's be real, you know, all apologies to John. The Angels are just not the biz right now, um, especially now that. With the news of Trout not coming back, they've really. Let me look at their last ten game record. They're four and six the last ten, same as the A's, but they really don't have a lot to play for. They're pretty much just seeing like, okay, Shohei can keep patting on his numbers to win the MVP. That's pretty much it. Yeah, pretty much. Let's get Shohei his numbers. Let's see who's going to be some solid guys for next year. And I think this is a great opportunity to really just you. This is what makes good teams take advantage of playing mm-hmm. these bad teams yes you can say the same thing about the royals but they've actually been a pretty solid team since the beginning of july they were talking about them the broadcast yeah. um and this is the time to shine they somehow throughout the season the two of them have pitched really well playing in their home stadium where they grew up i think cole Irvin was like a bat boy or he was a ball boy or something back in the day nice. so yeah the oc boys cole and cap Tear it up, dudes. You'll have some family in the stands. So it'll be great. Oh, right. maybe we get a Doug Capperin signing. That'd be so just punching out stuff. Hell yeah. Um, all right. <clears throat> Let's close it off with uh, updating the polls. The magic polls. Also, if you make it on Sunday, Frankie's pitching. Oh, really? Oh. Shohei's pitching on Friday, they say. Yeah. I was trying to. I'm going to. I'm kind of uh, happy I'm avoiding that one. I'm going to the Hollywood Bowl on Friday. See ya. Who are you seeing? Uh, Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. I love outdoor, watching. Dude, we saw an outdoor play. Wow. No, 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 not um. Oh, Half Blood Prince. So the movie. um, sixth one. Oh, oh, that's cool. With the orchestra, dude. Yeah, I don't know if you saw. We saw Black Panther at the Hollywood Bowl with the like the orchestra. We can talk about this off. We can talk about this off. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, killer. Magic polls. Slide up. Again. Uh, all right. We only have a few. Um, sorry, I was at a wedding this weekend, so I slacked on the polls a little bit, um, but I raged my face off. It was great. Um, shout out to Drew and Christina, uh, Cameron, congratulations. Um, should Dalton Jeffries move into the rotation for the rest of the season? 86% of the audience say yes. I I was pretty shocked about that one. Um, I think it's just the really... middle of frustration. Yeah. 
I mean that you you put that up like right after his like three game or three inning like just bomb the other night, right? Yeah. Um, and then there's one more poll. Is Lou back? I mean, this poll's not over. Should I read it or should I save it? It's only I, I had yeah. it as an hour, so there wasn't a lot of votes on it. But okay. Lou has been... is Lou back? Sixty-two percent of the audience say no. No faith. Those are the polls. See you next week. I'll try to be better. I was going to say lose. He had a pretty solid outing. Yeah, but just Twitter is just so fed up with him that, of course, A's Twitter voted 62% no. If he did get it, so maybe we should refresh that poll for 24 hours if he does well again coming up, and let's see what A's Twitter thinks about it then. I don't know what's worse. Ace we had 42 votes on that one. That's a lot for an hour. I don't know what's worse, Ace Twitter or Authentic A's Facebook page. Especially you, Chris Martinez, is only saying negativity. Chris Martinez of State Farm Insurance. Hold on. The polls are brought to you by Chris Martinez. There we go. Walnut Creek State Farm agent. Like good neighbor, Chris is there. He's supposed to give us swag. I told that it's going to go up on this, on this, this, uh, this is a shelf right here, but he hasn't given it to me. I yet. could put something like on top of the harp, like right there. Yeah. He's supposed to give me some swag. So, Chris, where the fuck's that swag at? We're a free sponsor for you. You said you at least give us swag. Kick your ass in fantasy this week, Chris. On that note, uh, that's going to do it for the pod. Thank you so much for listening. We are on Twitter at Town Tailgate. Yeah, go, Julio. Before we go, yeah, at Town Tailgate. Sorry to cut you off there. I'll finish off because something no, else no, I want to no, add no. at the end. Do not, at, do not apologize. At, uh, at the town tailgate make sure you give us a follow on youtube wherever you get your podcasts um apple podcasts spotify google play all that stuff but chris i think we have to take just a little bit of a sliver of time we have to talk about somebody who really helped raise our comedy chops that we lost this week norm mcdonald yeah man quick shout out he's been a lot of he's done a lot of sports stuff involved um gotta do our due diligence if you have a favorite Norm McDonald joke or uh, bit, feel free to throw it out there. My favorite, it's so stupid, but is I grew up watching Dirty Work a lot. And if you're watching the movie Dirty Work, it was like him and Artie Lang. No. It, it was a late 90s comedy. I, I haven't watched it in years. I don't know if it's actually good, but it's Norm McDonald. And it was funny at the time. But uh, there was one part in the movie where the love interest in the movie, he's running he, he he sees her like walking across the street so he runs over he's like hey mildred 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 he's like oh hey uh, my name's not mildred it's samantha he's like oh i didn't remember your name so i just wanted to say like a, a name that would get your attention okay i'll have to watch that part to get a better laugh out of it um i'm just kidding uh i'm not gonna repeat a joke and like like uh like julio but my fondest memories of norm are celebrity jeopardy um turd ferguson doing doing burt reynolds yeah the turd ferguson um episode is a classic um when he (laughs) when he's like you buzzed in no i didn't it's like yes you did no no that's your opinion (laughs) it just keeps going um and then uh just I don't know. I mean, he he did Last Comic Standing for one season that I was watching, and he was just so funny and just a a blubbering fool. There's not many comics nowadays who really try to get get a laugh from awkwardness. 
Um, Anthony Jeselnik's probably the only one I can think of. Um, and he was the king of that. And he really went for the joke for um, comedians, which I thought was really classic. Um, and comedians love awkwardness. So I always love awkward comedy. So I loved his shit. So um, rest in peace, my man. Uh, Thank the, you for the, the laughs. The first scene that I always think of is is the Billy Madison scene where he just starts laughing. He goes, oh, Billy, I just thought of the funniest thing. And Billy's not there. He goes, where the hell's Billy? It's just like the most random scene in the middle of the movie. It cuts to it out of nowhere. And it just... it Just pictured him just eating all the laughing. sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Oliver's hunch? Uh, all right. Or spraying the kid with the hose. Uh, yeah, stop! Stop! <laughs> oh, stop! All right, that's going to do it for this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, go Raiders! Big win on Monday. Got another ah! big game this Sunday. I took the uh, – Julio, I took the Raiders to uh, cover plus five and a half, so I'm hoping that they can do that. And I'm hoping they can win, but, you know. Hey, man, Steelers O-line. We'll see. I think that's a big X factor is that O-line. Um, last but not least, Julio. Let's go, Oakland. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy, Chris Madrigal, and my partner in crime, Julio Reynoso. It is sound mixed and edited by yours truly, Social media management and marketing is run by, once again, my partner, Julio Reynoso. And a special thanks and shout out to my brother, Larry Madrigal, for composing and producing our theme song, as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.